0: I first met Kim Wilson about a year ago at a breakfast meeting, part of a women's networking group I belong to here in Kitchener, Ontario, about an hour west of Toronto. Kim is a strikingly beautiful woman, about the same age as myself. I remember thinking, I wish my hair would do what her hair does. We sat across from each other at the end of a long table of chatty ladies and got acquainted over coffee and bagels. It was pretty noisy in the restaurant, a popular country-style breakfast place that I'd never been to before. Kim and I hit it off and ended up talking with each other instead of networking with all the other women like we were probably supposed to do, but I was enjoying the conversation. She told me about a new business she was thinking about starting, to help older people learn to use computers and social media. I told her about my venture helping stepmoms. As she seemed interested... I mentioned that I was putting together a series of videos for my Facebook group on the topic of parental alienation. That's what happens, I explained, when parents get divorced and one of them manages to get total control over the kids and manipulates their relationship with the other parent, sometimes preventing the kids from even seeing the other parent for months or years. She looked up at me as she took a sip of coffee and said, that would be my life story you're talking about want to be on my show, I asked. You're listening to the Essential Stepmom Podcast. Unconventional advice and inspiration on the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. I'm Tracy Poisner, mom of one, stepmom of three. I woke up one day after more than 10 years of step-parenting challenges like alienation, loyalty, high conflict, and long distances, and found myself standing in what appeared to be the actual light at the end of the tunnel. This podcast is my way of shining that light back over my shoulder so you and all the others can find your way here too. If you want more of what you hear on this podcast, connect with me at essentialstepmom.com, where you'll find my blog, podcast show notes, and other stepmom-related resources. Hi Kim, thanks so much. I so appreciate you doing this. Oh, you're welcome. It, I, I think it's really important for us to hear from adults who have come out the other end of this. Go ahead, please, and tell us the context of what happened in your case.
1: Yes, <clears throat> and I appreciate you having me here, Tracy. So, what happened with me was my parents divorced when I was only a year old. So, I didn't really even know my mother. My father, um, you know, we became the pawns, and so he sort of used us against her. He turned her family against her, and so she had no support systems, and he got custody of us. So, you know, through the years, he didn't let us see her, and I didn't get a chance to know her. And the only thing I knew about her was his stories and and the things that he said about her he was you know people people act very badly when they're hurting or mm-hmm. or when they're angry or or whatever and so I don't know in his case I assume that he was hurting and all and I only came to that conclusion much much later in life after hearing some of the stuff you know that that happened between them as as um, a married couple so I think that out of hurting he he prevented us from seeing her and his only way I suppose to guarantee that we didn't want to see her was to tell us that she would hurt us and and mm-hmm. if she if she approached us we were to run and and stuff like that because she was dangerous um, told us that you know her house was filthy and she you know she didn't care about us and that kind of stuff so we lived in a great deal of fear i think my oldest sister who knew her a little bit better um, because my oldest sister was about four when they divorced so she might have had a bit of of recollection um she didn't seem to have the same fear that of course i had because i didn't know her at all i only had these fabricated stories and they were intense enough that I used to have nightmares of a woman um, who really, you know, looking back at it much years later, uh, really resembled what my mother actually did look like. And I would have these horrible nightmares of this woman after me all the time and, and you know, cars chasing me down alleyways with this woman in it and, um, you know, her stalking me and and. You know, just, just always oh, wow. around corners and things. So that was sort of my youngest years of, of my stories about my mom and, and that um, when it came time to actually meet her, it was, it was a situation where my oldest sister knew the daughter of the person my mom actually married. So she was my mom's stepdaughter. So my oldest sister knew her, and and so she said to my sister, hey, do you want to go meet your mother? And so they did. And I was seven at wow. the time, so my sister would have been 11. And they went, and they met her. And when she came home, she was all excited, told my dad that she had met our mother, and um, wanted to go back and, and see her. And so my dad, at the time, you know, probably, again, out of hurt, acted poorly and said, okay, well, if one of you goes, you all have to go. And so my two, my other sister, my middle sister and I sat on the sofa and we cried our hearts out because we were terrified to go. And then we went and we learned that her house wasn't full of garbage. In fact, she left us in the room to go get us a drink. And when she came back to the living room, we were all gone. And she found us in the bedroom looking under beds and in closets. And she asked us what we were up to. And we told her we were looking for the garbage. So, you know, probably hurt her just as much as, as we were hurt by that. And so, you know, um, fast forward through the years from that point on, we, we got to have a relationship with her and get to know her. Um, It was so dramatically different from her side because she wouldn't, she wouldn't say anything she wouldn't tell us what what unfolded in those early years she would simply say if you want to know if you want to know anything that happened between me and your dad you have to ask your dad because i won't say anything bad about your dad so she kind of understood the importance of not doing that because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day he's still your parent right there they are both still your parent and whether whether they were bad to each other or not, the child needs to be able to love both of those parents in the same way. And, Absolutely. You know, and and with him, with him saying the things that he said about her, ultimately what he did was he dragged us into their adult problems, that and we were too young to understand those adult problems, and and so he he created that sort of thing where we didn't know if we could allow ourselves to be happy with one and let the other know that we were happy with the one. Um, I became, honestly, I became the master of manipulation. I could manipulate them like nobody else.
0: If I got mad at
1: one, I've, I've just moved out and went and lived with the other one. And, and so I would play them off of each other, but they taught me how to do that. Right. I mean, I would not have known how to do that if they hadn't taught me how to do that. And so I I learned that really well. Um, But, you know, ultimately, it's not it's not a great thing for kids to have to go through that. It's very, very stressful. Um, I remember even as a teenager, um, I had my son very young because, again, probably all of that led up to that, you know, Um, And I went to see my doctor. And I think I was 18 or 19. And I said to him, you know, for whatever reason, I can't seem to remember anything. I'm, I'm becoming very forgetful. And he said to me, you are under too much stress. And I said, I don't feel stressed. I just can't remember stuff. You know, I'm trying to finish my schooling and, and be a mom and all that stuff. I just, I just have a hard time remembering stuff. And he said, my dear, you don't know that you're under stress because you have been under stress your entire life.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I, I think it's really powerful to hear a grown up <laughs> with all of your language, being able to say, you know, this is what's happening when, when you see that. Mm -hmm. So, so if you could, if you could say what, what could someone have done to have helped you with your stress or to have helped you understand the situation or to make sense of it or to feel better?
1: I think, you know, I think if the adults could have separated that and, and, let the child know that what is going on with them has nothing to do with me. Um, you know, because, of course, kids blame themselves for things. Kids, because they don't understand, right? So they start to shoulder all of those problems. Um, and then they, they start to think that they are the problem. And, you know, if one of them, once, once I met my mom, if they could have just said, it's okay it's okay to love her and it's okay to love him. You don't have to compete between the two and, and you don't have to pretend that you're not having, that you're having, like, that you're not having a good time or or something like that. Um, you know, my my grandson is actually also going through that. My, my son and the mother of his children are no longer together and she, she doesn't say nice things about their dad and, and that kind of stuff. And, and my grandson actually did exactly the same thing. He went home one day and made up a bunch of stuff to, to make it seem like, oh, they didn't have a very good time at daddy's house because he feels guilty about that, right? Yeah. He wants to be good to mom. Um, and he, and he loves to be with dad, but he can't let mom know that he has so much fun at dad's house, right? So if the parents can just, just all they have to do is say, it's okay. It's okay to have a good time with each of your parents. It's okay to love each of your parents the same because whatever we feel about each other really is not your problem.
0: That's great. And I think that translates for the for the stepmom, um, what I would, what I feel, anyway, is that it translates sometimes as the kid who comes to your house and says, oh, um, my mom did this for us, or my mom makes that too, and hers tastes really good, or whatever, and our immediate feeling is, you know, I don't want to hear about your mom. Right. But... The message has to be it's okay for you to love your mom when you come here.
1: Yes. It's and
0: okay it's, for you to say, you can I love my mom. Words
1: and say, wow, that's fantastic. You know, maybe I could get the recipe from your mom. That's it. Exactly.
0: Right? And something we, like
1: that, that's, that ties it together to say, we both care about you just as much. Right? So if you love the one that your mom makes, maybe your mom will tell me how right? That's it. it. That whole building, because guess what? We're all in it together. We all have the same common interest. And if they can't get along, you know, it's, it's kind of a very immature approach that they can't get along, where if they, they don't even have to get along physically and, you know, in the same room, but they have to get yeah. along in the child's yeah. eyes. At least let the child, yeah, that's okay, that's okay, that's great, that's amazing i maybe your mom will help me know how to do that
0: that that's it, or I make it different, let's try you know, oh that's I'm glad to hear your mom does a good one, let's try mine and see you know they'll they'll be different, but the Is you it, know it's not better or worse, or
1: whatever, both can be just as good, right, yeah,
0: um so. I was going to just say a few words about um, how to deal with kids who come to you as a stepmom and say things that aren't true. For instance, um, you know, uh, my stepson told me at one point that he had heard that I was the cause of the breakup of his parents' marriage, and what I said was, I'm really sorry that your mom thinks that. And that must make her feel really sad. And I would feel sad if I thought that. And I hope one day that she'll know the real story so that she doesn't have to feel sad about that part anymore. The feeling of the child is that my mom is upset about this story. And that is the problem. The problem is not the child's opinion of you or the mother's opinion of you. The problem is the child is dealing with his mother who was upset. Yeah. And what I said is, wow, I'm really sorry that your mom is sad about that. That's really hard. I would be sad if I thought that. Mm-hmm. And I hope that one day she'll know that that's not true. So she can stop feeling sad about that. And I don't know whether any of that ever got back to her and I doubt it. Yeah. But I never heard that story again. Yeah. So that seemed to, that seemed to, give him what he needed to be able to move forward, which was my compassion for his predicament and not my opinion about the facts of what he was telling me.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, And that's exactly it. What you did was you validated, you validated her feelings. Right. Right. And you didn't just go, well, your mom's full of crap. Right. Right. Feelings are real for whatever reason, you know, and he got dragged into an adult problem. Right, right, right. So um, you did exactly the right thing. And I think, I think, you know, if I was, if I was to go back to my whole childhood, if, if anybody handled it that way, I think that that would have been the most appropriate way.
0: The other issue is that we can right away jump to saying, you know, this lady is telling lies about me. I mean, like you said, you're, The story about, you know, my mother's house is full of garbage or whatever, you know, this lady is telling lies about me so that her child won't like me. And it's important for us to know, as hopefully enlightened stepmoms who are trying to do and say what's most helpful for the child and what's most helpful for you in the long run to have a good relationship with that child. You need to know that if they understand clearly that their parent is lying to them, that sets up a whole different problem and it's not necessarily a better situation for them. Yeah. It is so hard for a child to integrate the idea that their parent would knowingly lie to them about something important yeah. that they they can't... They can't integrate that. They don't know what to do with it. And if you want to talk about acting out without understanding what it's about, that is just setting off like the fuses are breaking in oh. their head and they don't know what to make of that. So it is not helpful. You're not winning if you make the child understand this is a lie and my mother told me that lie on purpose. Right. It's not helpful. It might help you to feel like justified or vindicated or now they believe me and not their mom but it doesn't help the child it's just popping fuses in their head until it takes a long long time to be um, old enough and mature enough and you can ask any therapist in the whole world because that people work on this in therapy all their adult lives trying to come to grips with things that their parents told them that weren't true yeah so be gentle mm-hmm. uh, you know that's why i that's why i chose to go with we're gonna pretend that she really thinks that I, I said to myself Yeah. and as make it as if it's true and why she's reacting that way and i chose not to say she totally knows that's that's not the truth and she's just telling you crap so that you won't like me right that's not helpful it's not gentle it's not nurturing for the child right um so you did you can
1: you very compassionately told him that it's not true right without calling her a liar which is the most important thing you you cannot say bad things about somebody's parent so you know even if you think about whether you're a step parent or not if somebody said something bad about your parent gonna lose your mind even if it's true if they say right. it to you as a as a child you're gonna be yeah. hurt by that or you're not gonna be able to process that so you did the right thing by by validating her feelings that's great you know I know she's she's hurt and and maybe someday she'll know that's not true
0: one one other aspect of this that I think is really important is that when a child is telling you something that brings up a lot of feeling in yourself because there's no way that you cannot react emotionally to something like that you have to remember how important it is for you to be holding space for the child's feelings and not to mix up your feelings in that space so that when a child is telling you something like that my mom says you're fat and ugly Or, you know, my mom says that, you know, you're a big piece of poo or whatever it might be, right? And that
1: happens a lot.
0: (laughs) And it happens a lot. You have to say something like, I'm sorry that you have to hear things like that. I'm sorry that you're in this uncomfortable position. That must be really hard for you. I hope that this changes one day for you. This must be really hard for you. You have to turn it back and let it just be about how the child feels about hearing something like this or about having to tell you th- this this thing, they're not always only telling you in a moment where they're trying to insult you right? and say, I'm really mad at you and the worst thing I can think of to say right now is to tell you that my mom thinks so too or whatever, you know? And you'll, I think, be able to know how to draw a boundary between rudeness or, you know, inappropriate behavior and a child who is reporting something to you that you maybe would rather not hear because it's not nice but remember that to keep it about the child and how they feel about this and not about the particulars of what that lady is saying about you because that's whatever like stupid childish stuff and you can do your own work your own um you know mindset work and self-care work to calm down and, you know, put your boundaries up and get all the things that you have to do to take care of yourself, which is what we're working on all the time in this group, what I work on with my clients, making those boundaries and taking care of yourself. And it's hard work. It's not, you know, a couple of massages here and there. Like this is, this is a lifelong marathon project and it takes a lot of ongoing time and energy and, making a making yourself a priority but please remember that one of the I'm all about making things easy always you know and you can always make something easy by turning it back into how the child feels about that you don't have to say anything you don't have to respond to that if they're looking for a response from you you don't have to say oh yeah i guess that's okay with me if she said that you know it's not about what you think. It's about how the child feels about this. And you can listen to them talk about how they feel and put your compassion there because this is a big problem for the child, especially if they like you. And the more they like you, the more mom is gonna say crappy things about you. And that is really hard. They feel like a traitor to, uh, to agree with her, and say, yeah, you know, I can't stand her. They feel like a traitor. And they also feel like a traitor to go home from your house um, smiling because they had a nice time. Exactly. That That's super hard. I wrote about this actually in an email to my list just this morning uh, about transition times and how difficult the, the coming and going is because, you know, we, we wonder why the kids get so edgy before they're leaving. But they are getting ready to figure out how to interact with mom around everything that happened this weekend and they don't want to give away any secrets they don't want to act too enthusiastic about what happened they have to leave something behind a toy or a project or a book that they're reading or whatever like they're having to go back to a place where someone does not um allow them to express their love for their dad uh, at their house and your house will always be appreciated if that is a place that they can be allowed to love both their parents in the same place at the same time. That's the gift that you can give to your stepkids that that's the thing. That's the very place. That's what they're going to appreciate about you.
1: Yes, that's absolutely. And
0: uh, so you don't have to do or be more than that. So again, on one level, it's easy. And believe me, there's, I know that there's nothing easy about this, but the the choices can be so much easier. You can just say, "I don't, I don't need to react to that. I only need to reflect it back to the child and give space for them to be able to tell me how they're feeling, and for me to hear that."
1: Yeah, and, and you know, say, "It's not, it's not um, as humans. It's not easy. It's not part of our vocabulary to." To always be saying gosh I'm sorry you feel that way or whatever right um, you can practice that honestly you can stand in front of your mirror and practice that you can practice Absolutely. saying I- gosh I'm sorry that that whatever I'm sorry you feel that way I'm sorry you heard that I'm sorry you know um, I think that you can practice that so then it, it It rolls off your tongue easier. It doesn't feel so forced because let's face it. Sometimes it's going to feel very forced because you, you're not going to feel sorry. You're going to feel angry and sad and hurt and jealous. And there are, there's going to be a myriad of, of emotions involved when the kids say things like, like the things that you've brought up. But if you can practice saying that, Make it part of your vocabulary. Make it part of your life and and they will feel then that you care about them. You are it's only about them. It's not about how you feel. It's not about how That's dad it. or dad or anybody feels. It's all about them. And if they're hurting somehow that they blurt that stuff out to you, then you just validate their own feelings, nothing else.
0: That's perfect. I'm so I'm so glad you came on because I just uh, I love what you had to say, and just to recap, um, if you're sorry about something, if you're saying that you're sorry, um, you're sorry that the child ha- is carrying the burden right. of this.
1: Yeah. I'm right. Sorry you're that, sorry
0: that the child say. is, yeah, is having this stress or feeling bad. You're not sorry for being fat and ugly or a piece right. of poo. And you're not sorry that, that the mom thinks that you're like that or whatever. Yeah. You just have to say, I understand that this is really stressful for you. Mm-hmm. And that just makes them feel heard and understood. And there is nobody on the planet who doesn't respond well to that environment of right. just feeling that they can say anything and that your reaction is not going to be piled on top of their hurt that just pulls them farther away if they can they can tell you what's happening at the other home, and their mom isn't going to get in trouble for saying it nobody's going to yell at her more uh, you know uh, they're not going to be accused of giving away secrets or whatever you just make space and say. You know, you are allowed to love your mom in this house, and it doesn't matter what she says about me or about your dad, you're allowed to love her because, you know, we might not be friends with each other, and they might not be a good husband and wife for each other, but, you know, that has nothing to do with being your mom. Right. So um, it's amazing to me that your mother, after so many years Of being completely Mm -hmm. shut out I mean a hundred percent like not even knowing where you were or if you were okay that even after all that she wouldn't say anything negative about your dad that's just you know
1: yeah that's quite amazing yeah and you know she passed away ten years ago so I found out most of the stuff that that happened between them later after she passed away from an aunt (laughs) you know, my dad's yeah. brother's wife and, and she was the only one that ever was kind to my mom after it after it all was over with. So, um, my dad, you know, he, he I, I don't have I don't have the best relationship with him. And for that very reason because he lied to me. He lied to me and he tried to keep us away from our mother, um, with tactics that were just so so not fair and and so difficult for children to process yeah so my relationship with him while it's not um, estranged it is not warm and and close you know um, he's closer to my older sister who probably as I mentioned had different different views of our mother because she was older when they split so she probably mm-hmm. maybe maybe at some level didn't believe the lies anyway, because she kind of knew the truth, mm-hmm. right? So she has that relationship. My relationship is solely um, connected to them having a relationship. If I didn't have a relationship with my sister, I would have zero relationship with my father, unfortunately. But that's just the way it goes. You know, um, I, I in near the end of my mom's life, I had a very strong and warm relationship with her. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, but again, you know, for the people that are listening, if you if you have very strained like strained relationships between the parents and you and you drag the children into it, on top of not being able to articulate how stressed they are, they grow up later not knowing how to have relationships also because they can't relate to people that are warm and loving towards them because they, they don't feel like they have that from either parent. Even if you love on them, if you drag them into your problems and, and into the adult problems, they, every bit of loving on them gets lost every time you drag them into those problems. So then they they start to not be able to have relationships and learn how to interact. I left home when I was thirteen years old. I, I rented a one room apartment, worked under somebody else's social insurance number and slept on the floor with with one with one blanket and one pillow and one set of sheets and you know because I didn't I didn't need anybody. Because I didn't I didn't know how to need people. I didn't know how to have a relationship and And so it took me a lot of years to learn how to do that. Um, And, and I think having my own child taught me a lot about how to actually love, truly love and, and have relationships. But before that, I didn't really know how to love. I didn't have long term friendships. I didn't have any of that just because, you know, I, nobody was ever in my life long enough or close enough or or listened to me or cared it or made me feel like they cared about me or anything like that. So, you know, that's, that's just the long-term effects for the kids when they get dragged into the adult problems.
0: Well, you are like an amazing example of somebody who can overcome all of that and have an amazing life and be an amazing mom and grandmother and wife and I'm just, like, so impressed. Thank you. So thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. And I I hope that everybody got a lot from hearing your story because I think it's a really positive one. Thank you. So thanks again for doing this. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, I will be back on Friday with part three of this series. Okay, bye. Bye. And of course, episode three is coming not on Friday, but next week, when I'll be talking about how to create and source the support that you need to get through this incredibly challenging type of situation, and how you can support your spouse at the same time. I hope you'll catch that one too.